Welcome to the One World Podcast, stories that change our world for the better. This is so true of Sofia Kiani. Sofia Kiani is a 19-year-old Iranian-American climate activist specializing in media and strategy. She's the founder and executive director of Climate Cardinals, an international nonprofit organization with 8,000 volunteers in more than 40 countries working to translate climate information into 100 plus languages. She represents the United States as the youngest member of the inaugural United Nations Secretary General's Youth Advisory Group on Climate Change. Sophia's work has been featured in news outlets including Forbes, CNN, NBC, Time Magazine, The Guardian, and the front page of the Washington Post. She has also written for MTV News, BuzzFeed, Teen Vogue, and The Cosmopolitan. Truly impressive. She is an adamant public speaker around the world, including at Stanford, Columbia, Harvard, UC Berkeley, Emory, and Oregon University as well. In 2020, she was named Vice's Youngest Human of the Year, also selected as a National Geographic Young Explorer and chosen for Energy News' Network's 40 Under 40 list. As a climate activist myself, I'm amazed and inspired by your climate advocacy. I too share the sense of urgency that you have in regard to the climate crisis. Our generation will undoubtedly have to strive to create a more green, sustainable world. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. Please welcome Sophia Kiani. Many of our listeners are high school and college students. Can you tell us about balancing your schoolwork and your climate advocacy? Definitely. I think that it's important to be mindful when you are busy and you are in a situation like I am, where you have to be juggling these two things. Um, that you have to realize it's not possible to do both at um, full force. So it's important to have a little give and take balance. So for me, that meant taking a lighter course load this quarter and being mindful of how much school I was missing to travel. Um, and then with my activism, that also means not taking on every single project that comes to me and also being able to like distribute opportunities to other young people so that I'm not like monopolizing resources and that I'm also giving myself time to do schoolwork um, and just to enjoy myself. Yes, that sounds great. How do you decide which projects that you want to tackle and which ones you kind of um, disseminate to other students? Um, well, I, I honestly think that sometimes I, I just see opportunities that come to me and I think that someone else would be better suited for them, even if it is an opportunity that interests me. Um, and I think it's important in this space not to like monopolize on resources or monopolize on like public visibility opportunities. So if I feel like an activist has been doing really amazing work and that they should be recognized for that work, then I'm always happy to like pass on different opportunities that I get. Um, so I, I think it's just like striking a balance of taking opportunities that interest me, but then also being mindful of the fact I should give those opportunities to other people who are also very deserving. What is that like being an influential student climate activist? Also, how do you think students can have their voices heard at a larger scale as you are doing now? I think that really any student has the, the capability to do what I'm doing. I think that young people all have incredible ideas, passions, stories. Uh, it's just a matter of getting them platformed. Uh, and so I think that I've been fortunate to have a number of different opportunities to share my perspective, to share my voice. So I think that for other young people getting involved in various different um, like grassroots groups and clubs that are 
uh, on the focus area that you're interested in, whether that be like climate action or racial justice. Uh, and then from there, you can gradually seek out like different opportunities and platforms to make your voices heard. That sounds great. Um, you also said you are traveling currently. Please tell us about what you are focusing on right now. Uh, so I've been traveling for the past few weeks. I went to Italy and then Scotland. Uh, so I work with the UN. So I was co-chairing the Youth for Climate um, conference. And then I also gave a TED talk last week at the TED Countdown conference in Scotland. That sounds phenomenal. Um, what are some ways for students to learn more about climate change and climate activism? Because I know a lot of students are really interested in joining this initiative against climate change, but they don't quite have the resources or the knowledge on where to jump in. I honestly think the best way to start is by reaching out. Um, I remember when I first was getting engaged in the climate activism space in high school, I started by researching local groups that were close to me and that were uh, doing purpose-driven work. And then I just sent them emails. I sent them Instagram DMs. I just tried all the various ways I could to reach out to them. So I think honestly, the biggest step that needs to be taken is just putting feelers out there, reaching out and seeing um, who's like responsive and where you could add value. Yes, I definitely think that the joining the initiative for climate change is something that someone has to actively seek out because it's not quite an opportunity that mostly falls into someone's lap. I feel like you kind of have to have that drive to reach out and get that help so you can help the world, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Also, one of the questions that we ask during every interview for our podcast revolves around our name, the One World Podcast. So something that we all have in common is our one world. What do you think is the most effective way to truly change our one world for the better? What advice do you have for our listeners? I think that if every single person acts upon a cause area that is important to them, uh, I think that our world will be a better place. Just because when I think of it, like my specific cause area is, is like language accessibility and the climate movement. Uh, because it aligns with my personal story and something that I'm de deeply passionate about. And I feel like we've all individually witnessed injustices in our communities that we wish could be corrected. Um, so I think there's no reason why we can't be the change that we want to see in the world. And I think if every single person has that change maker uh, mentality and philosophy, then the world will really be better for it. Yeah, I love that reference to Gandhi. Um, I think Miss Tristan has a few questions that she would like to ask herself. So I'll pass on the torch to her. Thank you so much. You know, you and I met, um, at, I was the vice chair of Climate Reality Orange County, and I was putting on a climate conference in California for Citizens Climate Lobby, um, which represents about 30,000 members just in California alone and upwards of 200,000 around the world. And then again, we met up for the Climate Champions event at Chapman University. You know, one of the things that we spoke about at these conferences was empowering youth to demand climate action from their leaders around the world. Why is it more important than ever? Well, young people are being disproportionately affected by climate change when compared to previous generations. I had seen like a recent article in the Washington Post that was 
talking about like how much more affected, like it was like three times more affected we're going to be than our, our grandparents uh, when it comes to climate change. And so I think that we have just such a greater sense of urgency um, because we know that if we don't take action, the, the state of the climate crisis will just continue to get worse. Um, so I think it's critical for young people to take advantage of platforms and often also to be given opportunities by leaders, by people in the position of power to share our ideas and also to share our feelings about how do we feel about this and what do we think we should do about it. Absolutely, because I think we have more power than we realize. I, I agree. I think that even though young people, it's hard for us sometimes to directly make an impact just because we're not in positions of power by lobbying, by going out into the streets and making our voices heard. Um, I think that we're able to have a huge impact on the way that our society is operating. Absolutely. And just your own personal story um, really reveals, you know, the truth in that, you know, in the same year that you took on your youth advisory role at the UN. You also founded Climate Cardinals, which now has over 8,000 volunteers in about 40 countries. And you're helping to provide factual climate education in more than 100 languages around the world. So tell us you know, how you grew Climate Cardinals. And I think there's a very interesting about how you leverage TikTok to grow even faster. Yeah, so uh, the, the primary mechanism that Climate Cardinals has used to grow has been TikTok. So we posted a TikTok video when we first launched that went viral um, and contributed to uh, thousands of student volunteers signing up to work with us. So I would definitely say that a combination of social media, press is uh, what has really been responsible for getting Climate Cardinals to be as large of it as it is. And I would just think that, you know, when students hear that kind of call to action, they're like, hey, I speak another language, I could totally help with this. And that, that this is the truth of how knowledge is power. Exactly, and also it's like, you know, I can make a TikTok video too. Um, and so I, I think that it's just a matter of taking initiative and knowing that it's possible. And I think people don't realize that you can have a great time working together with your friends and you meet new people in this climate movement, that it really is kind of a positive, empowering experience that it's about hope because there are solutions. 100%. I, I think that, especially since young people, a lot of us suffer from like climate anxiety um, and just we get worried about the state of our future by taking action and by um, really taking control of the narrative through volunteering and through working, I do think that it makes you feel a lot better. Absolutely. And now um, Climate Cardinals is partnering with UNICEF and Translators Without Borders. Tell us about So we have um, partnered with a number of different organizations, Translators Without Borders, uh, we use their uh, professional translators network and with UNICEF we're currently doing translations for them for one of their new climate reports about the impacts of climate change on children. That's fantastic and we would love to put on the Climate Reality OC website some of these materials so let's let's definitely partner on that as well. Definitely I can send them your way. Absolutely.
Now, as you were talking earlier about the kind of exponential impacts of you know, climate change in our lifetime, um, Climate Reality uh, just shared that there's new research saying that a six-year-old today will experience seven times more heat waves, three times more river floods, two times more drought and wildfires, and two and a half time crop failures than someone born in 1960. Um, and that, that's kind of the generation of the leaders we have today were born then or, or a little bit before or after. So this is the world that we're leaving your generation and my kids. You know, the great news is yes, that we have solutions right here. Um, tell us about some of those solutions and what you're even experiencing in terms of climate change in your life. I really think that the, the way that we're gonna tackle the climate crisis is through political action, through passing progressive climate policy that tangibly holds uh, these corporate leaders accountable and directly makes them like have to change the way that they're operating, has to make them more sustainable to reduce their emissions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think on an individual basis, what we all can do is we can vote for climate friendly candidates. We can contribute to advocacy efforts that educate our general population um, so that ultimately political action and then corporate action can be taken. It's, it's really important that, you know, we all take a little uh, step every week, every month, uh, it really exponentially grows. It's like the drop in the ocean um, that becomes bigger than we are um, individually. So with Climate Cardinals, how can our listeners get more involved? Do they need to have experience? You know, can anybody make a world of difference? Yeah, anyone can get involved. Um, on our website, people can go check out different teams that we currently have applications open for to volunteer with. And then you can also sign up to be a volunteer translator and we'll contact you if we have translation projects that we want you to work on. Now share a little bit about your website. Where, where would they go? They would go to climatecardinals.org um, and then there would be a tab that talks about our teams and how you can get involved. Excellent. Now, as the youngest member on the inaugural United Nations Secretary General's Youth Advisory Group on Climate Change, you know, you're in a unique position to bring the youth perspective to the UN. Tell us about that. Uh, well, it's been an awesome experience being on the Youth Advisory Group on Climate Change at the UN, just because I feel like prior to this, not that many spaces in, were really um, available for young people to engage in meaningful dialogue with world leaders, with people who actually have influence on um, like tangible climate policy. So it's been an amazing experience being able to directly relay my comments and feedback uh, to Antonio Guterres, the uh, UN Secretary General, and I hope to see other models like this replicated in the future where young people can directly engage in dialogue with world leaders and really have their perspectives heard. It's so true. It's so needed. So what are some of the solutions that you see to the climate crisis? Um, well, I, I think that that just goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is that we would need to pressure our politicians to take action and to pass uh, progressive 
legislation, like such as the Green New Deal. But I think that what we can each do individually is we can vote and we can help to get out the vote and we can help to um, work on education and advocacy, advocacy initiatives. It, it really is. I mean, I think when I started my advocacy work, um, we do a lot of educational presentations in schools as climate reality, but then I realized, you know, legislation is going to drive this towards renewable energy, towards in, innovations to new regenerative farming practices, to preserving our, you know, uh, beautiful forests and natural places, those kinds of things we need to make sure and putting a price on carbon. I, uh, those are some of the things that are right here right now that can, you know, have a huge impact on an epic scale. Um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, your recent travels. So uh, you went to the pre-COP and it looks like you're going to the upcoming COP26, which is the 26th United Nations Climate Change Conference. So it's the 26th annual. So they've been doing this for 26 years. Um, tell us, you know, uh, what you're excited about. Uh, I'm excited to, I mean, I don't even think excited is the right word, um, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to being able to go and to meet with other decision makers, with other activists, um, and to really try and negotiate a better future for our planet. Um, and also to participate in like a variety of different opportunities that I think will really help to platform my ideas and the work that Climate Cardinals uh, is doing, as well as to follow up on the results of pre-COP and to really see if there's a way to tangibly incorporate our demands into the climate policy that leaders are drafting. Excellent, you're gonna be at the table. Now tell us about your personal story in terms of why you decided that translating uh, material in all these other languages was so important. Well, I'm Iranian American and I took a trip to Iran in middle school and realized that my relatives in Iran knew almost nothing about climate change because there was a lack of information available in Farsi, which is Iran's native language. Um, so I decided to work with my mom to translate climate resources to Farsi. And that's what inspired me starting Climate Cardinals because I just wanted to be able to do that on a life larger scale. And, and how has that changed? What's a personal story of once you share those materials with your family, um, with your community, um, what, what happened? Well, I, I think it was pretty amazing because they became very alarmed. They started to care more about climate change. They were shocked that more people weren't talking about the issue. And even on a personal basis, I noticed that they made like certain lifestyle decisions in accordance to the information and data that I showed them. Um, and so I, I definitely think that knowledge is power and that education is really, really influential in shaping the way that people behave. I mean, it absolutely does. I mean, when we do our climate reality inconvenient truth presentations, we just see the light, you know, that people connect it, connect the dots and connect it into why was this summer so hot? Why is the beautiful river that uh, we used to boat on and fish on, why is it changing? And there's more algae and there's less fish. You know, why is a farmer facing, you know, some of the toughest, you know, crop failures they've ever seen or floods, or why are these roads falling apart? I think there's, people are starting to see it happening, you know, in their lives, um, in their communities. 
So do we feel the future is still in our hands? Could the choices we make today really have an impact? 100%. I think that um, young people and all of us really have the power to make a change by going out, getting out the vote, engaging in our political processes. And I think that it's it really is never too late to make a change and to push for um, more progressive legislation. And so I think that if we wanna prevent things from getting worse, we all need to take a stance and we all need to really push for, for more meaningful climate legislation. Thank you, Sophia. It's so good to talk to you again and we wish you an amazing trip and we will circle back when you get back. Thank you so much. I am, it's always a pleasure to talk and um, I'm excited to further more climate dialogue.